You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. Hey, have you listened to Adam Silver on Locked On NBA yet? If you haven't, check it out. Just search Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, where we live tweet games and uh, cover the breaking news around the Hornets and the NBA. I am Doug Branson. I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the Hornets since they were the Bobcats for AtTheHive.com, David Walker. That's right, and I can't remember a time when just the Hornets were just shattering records night after night, repeatedly setting high watermarks. It's been uh, it's been something to watch. About. They've been in the headlines for the past two nights, despite being almost completely out of the Eastern Conference playoff picture. It's been details. <laughs> Come on, come on, Doug. It's this been remarkable. It's been remarkable. It's been fun. That's the one thing that I take away from all of this is that yeah. thank you, Kemba. Thank you, Dwight Howard, for just not letting this season completely grind deep into the ground, six feet into the ground, not letting it die on the vine. What else kind of visuals can I come up with here to describe where this season was headed prior to these previous two nights? Now, I asked Clifford last night, does this mean anything larger in terms of you know, the direction that this team is heading, you know, the offseason. And he was basically like, well, nah, you know, it's good. It's positive. It's a good thing when when good players do good things. <laughs> it's fun for the kids. <laughs> We've got a great show. We're going to cover everything that happened last night against Memphis and all of the records that fell for Kimba Walker and the Charlotte Hornets. Plus, we've got it's Friday. It's fun Friday. <laughs> Wait, welcome into all of the Buzzamaniacs, the fans of this show. That's what we call the the hardcore fans of this show, Buzzamaniacs, who have been with us this entire season. Maybe you've been with us for multiple seasons. This is the fifth year we've been doing this show. Uh, so just, you know, after an historic night in Charlotte with uh, a lot of great basketball, just wanted to say, hey, thanks for being here. Okay, okay. now that I've gotten emotional, uh, we've also got... The sneaker, 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 up, 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 duh, 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 week, 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 with David Walker later in the show. David, are you are you ready? Do you have your shoe oh. news? Do you have your sweet, sweet, sweaty foot candy? Yes. You got to stop calling it that, that man. We, we, we got to stop that. I've got, I had a couple of options. Uh, it's going to go down to the wire, but I think you're going to be happy. Okay, I'm excited. I don't know. Yeah, you sent me a couple of things, so I'm excited to see what uh, you can only pick one. I'm I'm demanding that this is there not sneakers, sneakers, sneakers. I can't say that very quickly and with an echo effect. So, Deal. by the way, producer Katie uh, remarked on the fact that over the past couple of weeks, I've been doing my own sound effects. <laughs> And it, it's because yes. I'm it's because I'm lazy and I don't want to record those things and like actually produce them and put them into my sound bank. So I've just decided, you know what? It's the end of the season. I'm just gonna boy I'm just gonna do all of my own. <laughs> <I'm> gonna do, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no more air horn. It's just on yeah. fun Fridays, it's me going. Bah, 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 bah. Okay, let's All get right. to this game. The Hornets <laughs> win uh, 750 points to 100. I don't know. What was the final score? 140 to 79 over the Memphis Grizzlies. Fifth largest margin of victory in NBA history. What? Already? It's so soon. Already reaching into the satchel of NBA LOLs on this show. We even we haven't even gotten to the Kimba stuff yet, David. But listen, you have to you have to respect the satchel. That's right. We what haven't even got? talked a lot about the history of the satchel. I just want you to know the satchel just showed up one day. I don't know where it came from. It's a gift from the podcast guys. Yeah, and it refills itself every day with funny NBA. I'm not kidding. You think I'm joking. I come in every day and there are papers. A little NBA LOL fairy drops delicious little bites for us to talk about. All right, hold on. All right, here we go. Okay, this had. I see why it was so soon now. This is why, because it has to do with the margin of victory. This was a tweet from Meta World Peace. He says, The Memphis Grizzlies and Hornets score differentiation was the amount of games I got suspended for in 2004-2005. <laughs> suspended yes. 73 games for that Malice mm. in the Palace. 73 right. regular season games. So not quite anytime, meta, but I like. Anytime where you're you can to. bring that up, yeah, um, you got to bring up the, you got to bring up the biggest black eye in league history. <laughs> yeah, anytime you can remember that on on, on any given mm-hmm. night, you can weave the mouths at the palace in there. That's uh, right. You have to do it. 140 points for the Hornets. That's one off their franchise high set all the way back in 1993. And how about Kimball Walker? 46 points tonight. Where's my where's my guitar hit? I gotta hit my guitar hit on these. There's so many that I don't want to run through. All right, 46 points tonight. 35 in the first half. That ties his record and the franchise record for points and a half by a player. I don't know why I put by a player in there. It's only players. No coach has ever scored 35 points in a game. Only player in the shot clock era to get 45-plus points in 28 minutes or less. That might be the most surprising stat that we're going to cover today because I really, David, would have thought that would have been Steph Curry. Yeah, he's going into some special territory with with some of these. And the thing is, he definitely could have done some more things, right? Like he didn't play the fourth quarter. Uh, But Kimba was special last night, Doug. Did you see this coming? Because – you know, we talked about it a little bit. He hadn't been performing at a Kimba level lately. I had written this down prior to the game. I was going to discuss this, and it wasn't really a criticism of Kimba Walker in any way, shape, or form. But it was more of, of just, this is what's going on with the team right now. But I was starting to write this thing about how Kimba Walker was sort of reaching back to that vintage Kimba Walker, and not in a good way, in the high volume of shots, high assist rate, but also mm-hmm. bad three-point shooting. This uh, Prior to this burst of, of three-point shooting, uh, he was shooting, I think, under 34% for the month of March. And, and there were a lot of, David, 5-22, and 22, 
from the field type of games for Kemba yeah. Walker. And, and I was just putting it, I was wanting to mention it because that's all the Hornets have right now are, are performances like this from Kemba Walker and performances like this from Dwight Howard because of injuries, because of youth, because of inexperience, because of a lack of sort of team identity and ab- ability to gel and a lack of shooting overall. Uh, that's This is really all that they have to cling to. Uh, but you're right. Uh, this And then the Dwight Howard performance, too, came after uh, one of his worst games in the season uh, against Philadelphia. So very shocking. All right, back to the stats. My the thing my guitar hit is listed as G. It's the G key for guitar, and I can't find it. What is wrong with me? All right, 10 three-pointers made. That's a franchise record. Three shy of the NBA record by Steph Curry. Kimba crossed the 1,000 three-pointers made mark, the only Hornets player to do so. This was Kimba Walker's 55th career 30-point game, most in franchise history. He's now one shy of the 40-point record mark held by Glenn Rice. That's all I got. Wow. You know what else they did, Doug? Are you annoyed by the guitar hit yet? Is it is it getting on your nerves? Uh, just a little bit. The they uh, <laughs> Guess what? Memphis well, only scored 79 points. You know what that means? That's less than 100. That is less than 100. That is the first time. What? It's less than 110? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll take that. We're looking for miracles. That's the first time they've held an opponent under 100 since February 25th against the Detroit Pistons at home. A one one o'clock tip. Almost a month since the Hornets. And you have to understand where the Memphis Grizzlies are in their oh, franchise man. history. It is a low point, I think, for the Memphis Grizzlies playing Bobcats 7-59 and 59 level of basketball. Listen, I've had more fun getting holes drilled into my teeth than the Memphis Grizzlies had going out into that game from tip. Like, I'm not even talking about after they were getting blasted by 40, then 50, then 60. I'm talking about the first time out that Bickerstaff called I looked at these guys' faces, and I'm like, there's one guy out there that wanted to play, and it was Wayne Selden. There was one player. I, I, I recalled also uh, Hernan Gomez had a, had a run out in transition. Or no, he got a, it, was, it was in transition. It wasn't, it wasn't the one where, where he was fully out in transition, but this was yeah. a scramble play. Marvin Williams throws it over the top to him, and he misses a layup. And, and then he had complete time to just gather his rebound, think about it for a second, and put it back up while Jamichael Green just looked on. Did not change his body. Like, Green did not react at all. He just stared at Hernan Gomez as it happened. And that was, that is the Memphis Grizzlies who were resting Marcus All, who were resting Chandler Parsons, and without Michael Connolly due to. Oof. Here's my problem with tanking. It's not because okay. – <laughs> here's my problem with it. It's not intentional losing that bothers me because I think when you, as a league, when you incentivize losing in, in any form or fashion with your draft, like they've, they've tried to work on that, but ultimately you're still incentivized for losing, people are going to be competitive about losing. I believe that. So that's not what bothers me. What bothers me is when Memphis fielded that kind of team, they, they were going to get blown out, and, and they knew it, 
And so they went out there and played like it, and then they got frustrated. And there were a few plays that there was a flagrant one called at one point, but there were a few plays where Dwayne Bacon was getting tossed around. There were just injuries waiting to happen with some of these players. And, and I don't even blame the individual players because I don't think any one of those Memphis Grizzlies are dirty players. What I think is they're put in a situation that's absolutely hopeless and they're acting like it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because there's definitely people out there that are saying, why are the Hornets beating anyone by, by 60 points? Why are they winning games right now, right? Like, why are they trying to uh, improve, basically improve or improve the record, you know, to get a worse pick, man. I just, you look at nights like this on nights like Dwight, if you're a fan of the team, I, I just find it hard to believe you don't enjoy some of these nights. Like I get it. You got to depend on the draft. You got to get a higher pick. I just, one, I don't think they're improving their pick a ton by playing some of these teams, this portion of the schedule, they're going to play some more really bad teams. They could have thrown out, Marcus Page all night long last night, and I think they still would have won by 30 against Memphis. Going to take a short pause. We will be right back. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've still got sneaker of the week ahead, plus some perspective on what you saw from Kemba Walker last night. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Think about that. If they won 15 games, if they win 15-0, they'd be a lot better. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Breaking news. Yeah. Breaking Just news. Pull that sound bite. You know I wasn't about to try to do some math. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. If you think about it, David... This is kind of the perfect storm for the Charlotte Hornets to break not only Hornets franchise records, but also NBA records. Mm-hmm. Your season is without playoff meaning. So as a competitor, I mean, it, it, I think naturally you start to focus a little bit more individually. And you're playing teams in full tank mode like this we knew the back half of the schedule was full of teams that were also going to be void of playoff meeting meaning but in a completely different way because they are both void of playoff meaning and void of talented nba players and finally you have injuries on the charlotte hornets team to nick batum who makes your offense flow and go to cody zeller to players that are that would take possessions away from guys like Kimball Walker and Dwight Howard. So this is sort of the perfect storm for special players to have special nights. Yeah, and maybe I'm disappointed in myself, Doug. I don't know. Try and talk me out of this because – No, I'm constantly maybe, disappointed maybe, in you. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Join the club. I mean, maybe we should be cheering for them to tank. Maybe we should be cheering for them to just hit rock bottom and for it to be horrible and to improve their chances – with more ping pong balls. I mean, talk me out of this, right? Like, like, tell me, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me we should. Be oh, you're absolutely wrong. You're absolutely okay. wrong for that because they can't improve their draft positioning significantly enough to justify yeah. the damage that it would do, not only to the team culture, because who knows if, if you're even going to have the same team next season. Okay. I mean, this could be a completely different culture with a completely different coach. You've got a new GM coming in. Anything is possible at this point after missing two straight playoffs 
with the kind of money that they're spending, okay? But it's not even about the the team culture. It's about what it would do individually to any of these players who could be in a Charlotte Hornets uniform next season and what it could do to players like Dwayne Bacon, who had a fantastic night last night, and Malik Monk and their development. Like I'm, t- I'm telling you, like what's going on in Memphis? If you want that, if you think that's going to make Dylan Brooks a better NBA player, if you think that's going to make Jamichael Green, after what I just told you, and watching him and his body language, if you think that's going to make him a better NBA player, okay. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. I don't get yeah. it. Now, because that- I, I think that these kind of strong performances uh, from Kimba Walker should be a, 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 a lesson and a – a, uh, a tool to get better for guys like Malik Monk, who's struggling to shoot the basketball right now, shooting 27% in the month of March on five three-point attempts. It should be a lesson for Dwayne Bacon, who is getting a little bit better offensively, but has had his shooting struggles, because that's what I want to talk about, perspective on, on Kimba Walker. David, in his rookie season, he shot 30%, a little above 30% from three, on a little above three attempts. And then followed that up with 32%, then 33%. Then in his fourth season, the number went back down to 30% before he made a leap in that first playoff season uh, for the Hornets, 15-16, when it, when it went up to 37%. So yeah. there's, there's time. There's time to develop, but it takes personal commitment, and I think it takes the right coach I think it takes the right development team, and I think it takes the right culture. I don't think Kimba would have would have developed under a an extended like he did. I, I think it would be, it would have been harder. Let me say not, but because you never say never, but it would have been harder to develop under the kind of culture that Memphis is operating right now. Yeah, and look at what Clifford talked about in this light to um, with Zach Lowe. He talked about this at the very end of that podcast about players going out there with a purpose and, and, and playing and not just playing, you know, up and down with no, with no organization or, or reasoning. Right. I mean, there's, there's, and that takes and playing with good veterans. Right. Exactly. So you got to continue to play your guys and not rest these and, and not just go full tank mode, because if you are just trying to build or if you're, if you're just trying to hit the lottery, you know, you have no control over that. That's my whole thing. Like when you're just depending on the lottery, even if you're improving your chances with ping pong balls and you think you might have some luck, how many how many times do the Hornets have to go in there and get no luck and get completely mm-hmm. screwed before you say, look, you just got to let the chips fall where they may in that. If we end up with a great pick, great. If they get screwed and they land at 11 where they do every year, great. But you got to figure out other ways to improve the team. I think this is one of those ways it's just frustrating for fans to be here again and again, year after year. But I, I do think you have to have a broader picture of the whole thing. If you, stu- you can't just throw things out. If you study leadership, which essentially, like, listen, beyond the core competency of coaching an NBA basketball team, drawing up the X and O's, putting your offense and defense in a, in a good position uh, to, to play to your strengths, like beyond that, which the head coach gets a lot of help from his assistant coaches doing just that, it's about putting together a good team in that respect. But beyond the core competency of X's and O's in basketball, coaching is really about leadership. And and over and over, if you study leadership, it's all about putting people in positions where they can succeed. It's not about putting a particular person in 
the the best position for them individually, you know, and, and the, the position that would make them the most happy. It's about putting them in a position that is is best for the team because when the team wins, an individual succeeds. I mean, that's that's the at, at the core, that's what leadership is about. And what what Clifford has been trying to say is that, and I'm well, not even trying to say, I think he said it very eloquently, that it it would not behoove Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon to play 30 minutes a game with other young players because the team would be miserable. They would be the Memphis Grizzlies, and you can't learn that way. You can't succeed that way. You can't build good habits that way. Yeah, exactly. And I think through nights like this, Kimba inched a little closer to becoming the all-time leading scorer, correct? They mentioned it a couple of times. He's 80-ish points away, I think, now. 85, I want to say. Right? So that, that just a, <laughs> oh, Speaking of Memphis, RIP, this uh, is going to happen this year. So that's another uh, you know history-making moment that will happen in the tail end of this season, which is <sighs> interesting. Uh, but, uh, I wish it would not have. I wish it. I, I. I. I do. I wish it happens. Like I want it to happen. I right. said that poorly. I want it to happen, but I just wish it would have happened in a season with a little bit of a different outcome. It's going to be somewhat bittersweet. Funniest yeah. part of funniest part of last night. Uh, I don't know if I should even say this. I don't know if I should even tell this story, but I'm sure he would be fine with it. Um, so Rick Bennell last night. Uh, he, so he had a Silas article that I'm sure is going to go live and he had that ready to go. And, you know, just the situation around the team and they were playing the Memphis Grizzlies who are bad. It was, it looked like a, a pretty easy win for the Hornets. He had pretty much his coverage wrapped up other than he was going to do a gamer, but it wasn't going to be like a giant, I think, uh, post game column. Uh, so he had everything ready to go for the night. And he said, he's like, <laughs> I've got everything ready to go unless something happens. <laughs> And, that's and, and a, so that move, he called it. He called it. I mean, he uh, he spoke it into existence. And he he was not. Listen, when you're a writer and when you're when you're covering a team that's doing poorly, you enjoy every opportunity to talk about something like Kimball Walker and what he's done for this franchise and and his development. That's fun to write about. Like that's fun to talk about. So uh, yeah, but it was just funny because he he sort of spoke it into existence. Yeah, that's another reason, guys. Think about the people that have to watch this all year long. Yeah, and we're the ones though. who are suffering. Come on. <laughs> I said my hand was cramping last night, typing up all of these records and good, that, that I used the guitar hit on. Who's hey, really suffering don't, here? Don't forget about the, the city edition uniforms, Doug. 6-0, 7-0 now in those things? I think that's about positioning. I want to go back and look at all of the opponents. I think I think they wanted those jerseys to succeed. So there were some savvy because you because I think the the home team can choose when those jerseys were, or maybe can, and so, so, some some people have convinced me that Nike has full control over when these. I don't know, <laughs> like that they somehow like they choose the jerseys and when they're going to well, be worn. If that was true, then. Memphis didn't wear their city jerseys last night, did they? I don't believe so. No, they no. definitely did not. They, they have their black not. and yeah, they, they all black and white ones. So, like, if Nike did, you would think they would have both teams wear the city editions on the same night. 
which you don't see that often for some reason. Can I say and, something and, real quick about Dwayne Bacon? Because I want to get please. to your sneaker of the week. Uh, because I, I don't want to. I don't want this to get too lost to the annals of history. But Dwayne Bacon is is getting a lot of praise from Steve Clifford right now. After the game, he said uh, that uh, he has a chance to be not only a starter in the NBA. But I think this was an important addendum to this that Steve Clifford said, a starter on a team that can win. And that's an important distinction from Steve Clifford because there are there are some players that are doing really well right now starting on teams that are not doing well. And I think there's a serious question about some of those players. I'm going to give you a name, Devin Booker. I think there's a serious question about like how well would Devin Booker do on a team that is that is also playing very well. That's why I that's why I respect like what Donovan Mitchell is doing. And I, I'm less and less talking about his particular situation because that team is winning and he's yeah. also performing well. So I think you have to caution yourself on players that are starting on teams and putting up big numbers on teams that are not doing well and ask yourself, how would that player do on a Boston? How would that player do on a San Antonio? And uh, but he makes that distinction with Dwayne Bacon, say you can win with this guy as a starter, and he doesn't say that about everyone, and it's because of the work that Dwayne Bacon has put in, not only this season with with the shooting coaches here in Charlotte, but he did a lot of work at Florida State to develop his shot because he recognized, hey, I'm not going to be able to survive in the NBA unless I can shoot, and he worked on it, and he's continuing to work on it, and and you just, but at the same time, keeping his commitment to the other end of the floor. I think he's going to be an important player in, in in the near future for the Charlotte Hornets. Well, he's going to have to be. He's that type of player that they need. That's what we saw when they drafted him, the guy that could score and guard multiple positions, right? You get out and run. They are a short, they're, they have a shortage of those um, on this team, and they got to make room for guys that can do that. You know you what know? he said last so, night? He said, he said this multiple times throughout this season, but he doesn't get interviewed a lot, so this doesn't. It, you know, it's not like he's saying it night in and night out, but he said, you know, listen, I'm working and, and I want to be the, I want to be one of the greatest players of all time, but he says it in a way like it. it's very workmanlike and it's very, interesting. he's like, I just want to be one of the greatest players of all time. Anyway, I'm working on my jump shot. Like it's, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like it's, it's, he says it not in a way that's like, Hey, I'm putting this out. I want you to write this. I want you to, I'm, I'm boastful. It is confident. It is boastful. But it's, but he's also quietly going about his rookie campaign mm-hmm. and getting praise from coaches at the same time. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. But he does, he does have that inside of him. Like I, I want to be mentioned among the NBA greats. I mean, he has that sort of gene that I think you have to have if you have any chance. Like whatever happens to Dwayne Bacon's career happens. But if you have any chance, you have to have that kind of mentality. Well, I'll start feeling good about that when he starts referring to himself in the third person in that tone. So it's got to be Dwayne Bacon wants to be one of the greatest players of all time. It is a good good signal. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a one more pause. We're going to come back. Sneaker of the week is up next. Do not go anywhere. It's time to talk some foot candy. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Don't sign him to a $40 million contract. <laughs> can you shoot? Well, that hold is the on, caveat. If he can shoot, 
I would, uh, that would be good. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. So this is the, the song that lost out on being the, the lead-in music for Power Thursdays yesterday, right. David. Ah, so the scraps. We, I get the scraps. Well, again... I like both of them. Well, again, well, number one, you liked it. But number yeah. two, I, I have to say that most of this show, most of what you hear on this show, most of what we create, is out of sheer laziness on my part. So I already have the song in the bank, David. What I'm asking you is, can it be the Sneaker of the Week song? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so that I don't have to do any more work. Hey, that's what it's all about efficiency here. Get time. Up. Time for sneaker, sneaker, sneaker. Of, 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 the, the, the. Week, week, week with David Walker, our resident shoe fashion expert. David, take it away. <laughs> Shashin. It's Shashin. We got to work on me. Shashin expert. I, I was already to nominate and put up a sneaker that was going to release uh, this weekend in most places. But then I was looking along the bench last night and saw a Charlotte Hornets rookie, not named Dwayne Bacon, sporting some shoes that definitely drew my eye. I recognized them back from All-Star Weekend. It's the Kobe Nike Zoom Kobe One Pro Tro. And let me tell you about the naming of this, Doug. It's, it's the favorite part of my shoe because it's a it's it's his first model from Nike, right? And they updated everything about it, materials, what they used to build it with. What it, describe to, to, it. Describe the shoe. Describe the materials for the people who don't have the picture or, and don't have Twitter to look it up. Well, it's covered. This one, particular one, is covered in camo. It's a collaboration mm-hmm. with the LA-based store Undefeated, and it's it's a it's a camo upper with a white bottom sole outsole. But they updated his original shoe for playable today, right? So they updated all the the materials and the cushioning and stuff. Um, but my favorite part about this is the Protro tag. This has got to be something that Kobe made up because it means Protro. I, I think it means I think it means performance retro, and he just smashed those together, and they've given it this this moniker Protro. Protro. So it also sounds Italian. Which you know, Kobe likes to slip in his Italian whenever. Exactly, exactly. Um, so Monk was wearing these last night, and they're super hot. Um, they're going for about four fifty on StockX right now. So that's about the only place you can score them there or eBay. I don't think they're still available anywhere. But that's my pick. We'll tweet this out. These look good last night. Don't really. They actually they do kind of match the, the city edition all black uniforms. But that's a tough match with teal and purple. But. Unfortunately, Mike got a little injured last night, so he didn't get to wear him late. Hand but, contusion uh, yeah. did not return to the game. So people looking at the boss score and going, 10 minutes, how dare you, Steve Clifford? How dare you not play Malik Monk? Steve Clifford doesn't like to play young people. No, he had, he had a bruised hand. Then go back into the game. Complain, If you guys see shoes along the week that you want to be featured on Sneaker of the Week, please reach out, tweet me, at David B. Walker on Twitter. Or tag me on Instagram, same one. Or us, Locked On Hornets. I Locked On Hornets, yeah. Okay. Uh, camo, that's fitting for Malik Monk because... Uh, 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 uh. Now, see, I know what you think I'm going to do. <laughs> I know what you think I'm going to do, but I want to keep that on the private chat. 
What I am go- <laughs> what I'm actually going to say on this show is that it's appropriate for Malik Monk because uh, he is a squirrel hunter. Yes, that's a real thing. That's a thing that we uh, were definitely laughing about when uh, he first came into the league. That story kind of goes away when you don't have an amazing. Nobody, the Uproxx is that's not doing great, the article following no, Malik that, Monk around on the squirrel hunt yet. Yet, not as not a will work on it if if Malik Monk has a has a, a better follow up season. No, that's a great tie-in, and I totally totally blanked on that. The, the, and the insole of this is a neon a orange, so it's, it's a squirrel, it's got just that. complete squirrel fur on the inside. So pick up your <laughs> if you love the feel, it's a little, if you love the feel smelly. of little squirrel hairs tickling your feet. You are going to love this four hundred dollars shoe. By the way, David, when is a sneaker going? Uh, when is a sneaker of the week going to be something that that a normal person can afford to buy? Last week, you could have gotten <laughs> one last week. That was available. We I actually, after I promoted the sneaker of the week, I got early access. Thank you, Nike. I'm sure. That's oh, here we go. Directly. Here we go. <laughs> now we figure out why David has suggested this segment every week. Because he's getting special treatment from Nike for David. It's all about <laughs> yeah. what he can get, taking advantage of the podcast and the buzzamaniacs to to profit. Uh, that's never been hidden. That's always been upfront and honest. One more from the satchel on a fun Friday. All right. Got one. This is from Reddit. NBA. Reddit user. Sip'em Bears. Has this for us. Muggsy Bogues was the shortest player in league history. But for the Hornets in 1994, he averaged 4.1 rebounds per game. Let's see, uh, Brooke Lopez and Frank Kaminsky are on pace to become just the fifth and sixth seven-footers in league history to average at least 20 minutes a game and not pull down at least four rebounds. That's amazing. That's not, that's not great, though, right? That's not, that's not something we want. Muggsy Bogues had 4.1 rebounds in 1994. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm ignoring the other thing. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets this week. It's been a fun week. Thanks to our guest, Gavin Shaw, on Wednesday. He'll be back next week on Draft Wednesdays. We're going to be talking about the NBA draft every Wednesday for the next few weeks, and then we'll ramp up our draft coverage after this season concludes. And thanks, of course, to my friend Matt Fox for joining us on Power Thursdays. We're going to be back next week with much more on your Charlotte Hornets. Who knows what NBA records Uh, they'll break next week. Who knows? I'm excited. You should be excited too. Subscribe to the show, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, whatever you use to put these wonderful podcasts into your ears. Just search Locked on Hornets and tell a friend you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash L-O-H. For just a dollar a month, you can help keep this show going strong into next season and uh, get more of this daily coverage that you've come to depend on uh, from us. Independent 
daily coverage of the Charlotte Hornets. By the way, we we really do appreciate your support. We need your support. Uh, and we are working on some added benefits for those Patreon subscribers as we speak. So be paying attention to that. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, on Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Head over to Locked On NBA. Listen to that full Adam Silver interview, Commissioner of the NBA on Locked On NBA. We uh, we gave you a taste earlier in the week. So go listen to that full interview. Lots of goodies in there from David Locke and Locked On NBA for David. I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America. We'll see you next week. Let's swarm Charlotte. Charlotte.